Gresham College Presents Burns the European by Ian Burnside. Thank you very much. Um, seeing this lecture advertised in the festival's splendid program that Ian's just been telling you about made me realize that some of you may have been drawn here under false pretenses. Uh, the resonant title Burns the European, which did seem a good idea at the time, might suggest that I'll be dealing with how Burns fits into patterns of 18th century European thought or politics. Well, I'm afraid that's pretty much what this lecture isn't. As a pianist, what really interests me is how Burns was taken up by classical composers, what the romantics made of him, why they were drawn to him. In a broader sense, inspired by the themes of these City of London festival celebrations, I would also like to ask why German composers in particular chose to look north to Scotland as well as south to Italy and Spain. And I'd like to explore what sort of Scotland they found there. If you would indulge me, I would like to take as my starting point two stories from my student days in the early 1980s. I was living in Warsaw on a Polish government scholarship receiving two grueling piano lessons a week from a very old, very small woman, a distinguished professor at the Chopin Academy there. It was in the nature of my lessons that they were entirely free from any small talk. But one day, towards the end of my stay there, before I was dispatched to go and practice yet more knuckle-busting studies, we had what can only be described as a chat. So it's from Scotland that you are, said my piano professor. How marvelous. I am coming towards the end of my second rereading of the complete novels of Sir Walter Scott. Now, let me just say that again, the second rereading. Can anyone in this room look me in the eye and say they've read once even half the novels of Sir Walter Scott? Well, maybe in this room somebody can. Then again, towards the end of my stay in Warsaw, I had the opportunity of spending a weekend in Budapest, and very pleasant that was too. Through the Freemasonry of Eastern European students, I was being put up by a friend of a friend who announced that we'd be going for a Sunday lunch to his parents, which is how I ended up in a wonderful high-ceilinged pre-war Budapest apartment full of dark, heavy furniture and faded velvet curtains. The friend of the friend put a glass of plum brandy into my hands and went to help with lunch, leaving me alone with his 85-year-old grandfather. Oh, he said, and Grandad only speaks German. So there we were, slightly awkwardly, me with my schoolboy German and this older gentleman with his rather better Hungarian equivalent. He apologized most graciously for not being able to speak English. We learned a little at school, he said, but it's so long ago. The only words I can remember is a bit of a poem, and I haven't the faintest idea anymore what it means. And in his scratchy voice, in the Budapest sitting room, he then slowly said, My heart's in the highlands. My heart is not here. My heart's in the highlands are chasing the deer. It was a very touching moment, and it's no coincidence that this was the poem he'd been taught at school, because as we will see later, My Hearts in the Highlands is, for our purposes, a key text. So let's go back from 1980 to 1840, from My Hearts in the Highlands to Mein Herz ist im Hochland, Mein Herz ist nicht hier, Mein Herz ist im Hochland, im Waldesrefier. The poem has been translated into German by one Wilhelm Gerhardt, and here it is set to music by Robert Schumann. You might like to notice that Gerhardt keeps, keeps Burns's meter, and you could, if you chose, 
sing the original. It fits fine. Ich stürze den Mächlein. 